Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Medevac Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Myers, joined by my other host here, David Reed. Hello, everybody. Before we hop into today's episode, if you've listened before, you know there's a price for the show. You have to share it with a friend or family member if you get something out of today's episode. Interact with it somehow, you know, hit those buttons. They're there for a reason. Our guests today, two amazing, lovely women, Ann Krauss and Tracy Lewand, who are, uh, Ann Krauss is the executive director of the Hemisphere Conservancy here in uh, San Antonio. And Tracy Lewand is uh, the director director of of events. Director of events. I was going to say event director. I have that backwards. That works too. Uh, Either way. Welcome. (laughs) She's good good at both. Yeah. (laughs) We got a Yoda on the show. Yoda? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong I was. Wrong I was. (laughs) That is great. Welcome and thanks for joining us today, guys. Thanks Uh, for having us. Absolutely. Excited to be here. So uh, tell before we hop into what we're going to talk about, the San Antonio Veterans Day event and Hemisphere a little bit, uh, can you give us some background on Hemisphere, what you guys do? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the organization? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Yeah. Uh, in 1968, San Antonio hosted the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. It brought over 6 million people to our city. And after the fair was over, there was no plan about what to do with the area afterward. And that happens a lot in cities that have hosted Olympics or World's Fairs before. Mm -hmm. That's different now. Nowadays, it's part of your proposal package that you actually have to talk about the sustainability plan of the space afterward. But back in the 60s, sustainability just wasn't as big of an idea as it is now. And so essentially, the area of the World's Fair fell into disrepair for the better part of four plus decades And it's right in the middle of downtown San Antonio. And so in 2009, uh, the mayor assembled a task force and he asked the people who were visionaries, what would you do with this space? Mm -hmm. And they came up with the idea that we could turn it into a 40 acre urban parks district where people work, live and play. And so in summary, our project is all about transforming the world's fair site from 1968 into San Antonio's version of Central Park. And it's going to be awesome. It's three different parks with different personalities. The first, Gianaguana Garden, opened in 2015. Mm -hmm. We have since hosted over 3.7 million people, making us the second busiest park per acre in the state of Texas. And we're not even fully built yet. Um, 84% of our visitors are local residents Mm -hmm. from all over San Antonio and beyond and people of all ages, abilities, socioeconomic levels. We're bringing San Antonio together. And subsequent phases are pretty cool too. The uh, Civic Park is phase two. That is the construction's underway of that. And it's going to be a wide open green space that can hold 10 to 15,000 people for a concert Mm -hmm. or future Veterans Day events. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Water and shade to deliver on those needs that the San Antonio community expressed. And then uh, the third park will be at the base of the tower, which was actually built for the fair. But Mm. yeah, it's exciting. We have one built, um, one under construction and one's being planned. So lots going on. That's pretty cool. That's pretty crazy. You have had to seen some transformation occur because that park was not. It was sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> and splintery. <laughs> yes. And the other thing too is there there was a neighborhood there in existence before the World's Fair. Yeah. And uh, 2,000 residents were displaced through eminent domain to make way for the fair. And so we're replacing some of that density mm-hmm. and that vibrancy by having residential components mm-hmm. to, to Hemisphere where we have some public-private partnerships going in. And it's just really exciting. I mean, like I said, when we say people work, live, and play, we're not kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, we have businesses there. We have restaurants. Rest- Restaurants, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So if you're ever bored on the weekend and you don't have any plans, seriously head to Hemisphere and something's happening there. And my buddy Tracy here is in charge of all of that. And she does a phenomenal job. There's always something going on, guys. So annually over 600 events 
happening. And that's more and than there are days all of them. in the year. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> so whether that's small family anniversaries, birthday mm-hmm. parties, it's the perfect area to play with your littles in the splash pad or the uh-huh. sand pit or large events like San Antonio Veterans Day. Oh, What's your favorite event? Oh boy. It might be a tie. So I say Veterans Day because it's something that we are producing in-house. So Mm -hmm. we are fully vested in it. And as a daughter of a veteran, then it just is near and dear to my heart. But simultaneously, Dia de los Muertos is a two-day festival. And as a Hispanic Latina, Uh it celebrates everything that my family holds dear in our culture. So two-day festival, about 130,000 people over those two days. Oh, wow. That is insane. It's got to be like herding cats. It is. It is. And it's a great time. And we're really excited this year. They're going to broadcast a primetime special across 100 networks uh, nationwide. So we're excited about the exposure for what we're doing at Hemisphere. I've always um, thought of events people as having just a certain personality. You have to have a certain personality (laughs) for that job. And it's high energy, go, go, go all the time. It is very much so. And you also have to be married to someone who is very patient. (laughs) It is a balance. Balances you out. It is. I enjoy the controlled chaos is what I call it. So Mm -hmm. there's always something happening. It's never the same. And creativity allows me to stretch my limits of what is possible. So Mm. love doing it. That uh, That is amazing. So we've heard of this upcoming event. Now everybody's officially teased. Let's back it up a little bit. And I want to hear why the military is so near and dear to both of you guys' hearts. Go ahead. Um, My grandfather flew B-29s in World War II. My great uncle flew the B-17. I grew up listening to their stories and I was good in math and science, but didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And so my my guidance counselor in high school, because I was a... um, I was an athlete and kind of nerdy. She said, (laughs) have you ever considered a service academy? And I hadn't. And she said, you know, you really should look into it. And um, I ended up going to the Air Force Academy. It was a really great experience for me. Um, After I graduated, I got to go fly jets at uh, Reese Air Force Base in Lubbock, Texas. And uh, I like going fast and lighting my hair on fire. Wow. (laughs) And in my my final assignment, I was the executive officer of the United States Air Force Thunderbirds. How cool is that? And I ended up marrying the slot pilot, a square-jawed fighter pilot from San Antonio by the name of Paul Krause. I call him PK. And this is where we're raising our family and uh, working hard and trying to make our community better. I love that. I love that. I, I, um, so fly, you flew T-38s, right? I did. And you mentioned you got to fly with your husband and he was an F-16 pilot? Yes, my husband flew the F-16 for 20 years, Went to the, uh, served in the Gulf War and served in um, several other capacities. He has... Over 4,500 hours in the F-16. He was number four in the world when he retired. Yeah, I was going to say 4,500 yeah. hours is a significant amount of time in a fighter jet. For people who don't know, like you, you get what? Usually only hours? log like 1.1 to 1.4 hours at a time. So yeah. just, that's a lot of sorties. That's, a lot of, that's <laughs> a lot of time flying. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. I mean, and you, and you guys mentioned that you're just starting to pick up flying. We are getting back into it. It's so oh, exciting. <laughs> um Yes, so my uh, my Finney flight, so my last flight when I was in the Air Force, it's a big celebration. Everyone comes out, you know, throw champagne on you and stuff. Yeah. It's totally worth it. Um, <laughs> PK was actually the pilot that flew me. And we were just friends and teammates back then. We didn't get married till much, much later. But um, so that was January of 1999. 
And he and I have a blended family of five kids. And the last one is 18, a senior in high school. The the light is Uh, shining at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Empty nesters. And uh, our goal is to get back into all the stuff we used to do before. Mm. And sailing and flying are two of those things. And so we um, went up a couple weekends ago in a small aircraft called a Shark. It's experimental. It sits tandem like the T-38. He's the aircraft commander, but I'm the (laughs) co-pilot my own controls in the back. And we're going to get to do a lot of flying together. And we are just so excited about it. That's pretty cool. None of my weekend plans quite add up to Anne's. I asked her on Friday, what are you doing this weekend? She said, oh, I don't know. We don't have any plans. And then the next thing I see on social media is her and PK in a plane. I'm like, oh. We kept it light. Yeah, just, just, you know, not too much. Just, Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Well, (laughs) one of our sons um, works at the McDonald Observatory. Uh, He's a telescope operator. Mm -hmm. And it is about a six and a half hour drive with, you know, on I-10. And as much as I love my son, it just doesn't really happen a whole lot for me to go for the weekend. Now I can get there an hour and a half take him off for lunch there and then go. fly home in time for cocktail hour. kind of sounds yeah. perfect. Well, perfect. Everybody it's just perfect. have a plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just all get a plane, guys. Yeah, how about that? We've been waiting a long time. <laughs> We're friends with planes, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> this one's really economical. It has, uh, it has two 20-gallon tanks that takes actual unleaded auto fuel. Oh, and really? you can fly for eight hours on 40 gallons of just regular gas. So you can make some distance. We can else. make some distance. Yeah, and, you know... We're trying to be responsible. Yes. Yeah. Sustainable yeah. still, right? That's right. Those, yeah. Main, maintaining a plane is no joke. Yeah. Right? It's <laughs> a jealous mistress. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what they say, at least. No, I, I, I just kind of wanted to make a point that, you know, you, you didn't have any idea what you wanted to do uh, as you were graduating high school. And based off a suggestion, you had lifelong impact from making the, the choice to you know, join the service, attend the service academy, the Air Force Academy. And now that's had a lifelong impact on you for hobbies, the people that you've met, the people that you're still continuing to serve. The woman um, who recommended I look into service academies, my my guidance counselor, she just turned 90. And I sent her a copy of a, a magazine article that I was in where I talked about her influence on my career trajectory. Mm. And I thanked her because everything that's happened to me since then, I, I have her to thank. How cool was that? How cool is that? I mean, there's not a lot of people that you end up with in your life that can make such a drastic impact with a single suggestion. Looking back at those things is important sometimes. And you felt the need for speed. So you <laughs> sail all the time. And like, you think that obviously came from the plane. I'm were a you bit in, of an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> were you always that way or was yes. it cultivated in no, force? No, I love to ski. I love to go on roller coasters. I like upside down, I like mm. bring it. Yeah, awesome. I I just went uh, went to Disney World and was on the Velociraptor yes. roller coaster. That thing <laughs> I'm a theme park. Uh, that's yeah. my that's yeah, my second love language aside <laughs> from events. So yeah. theme parks. Yeah. When my husband and I went on the uh, Aerosmith Rock and Roll roller coaster, oh, the kick in the pants was like, "Wow, I haven't experienced that in anything yeah. but a jet before." We went on like three times in a row. And so <laughs> kept going it's over and over. It's good to hear that fighter pilot. You know, jet. Is, is it still a fighter pilot? Or? He's a fighter pilot. I was a jet pilot. So a jet pilot still enjoys roller coasters. So. <laughs> yeah. Because I can just imagine you sitting there just <laughs> as it's going. This is speed, not you know? exciting. The <laughs> lake expression. Desensitized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, you know, just for perspective, when I flew the T-38, when you come in for a landing, you're, because it has such a, a small wingspan, it doesn't float real well. And so you need a lot of power coming in over the numbers. And so when I'd be landing the 38, it was about 165 knots 
knots coming in at the end of the runway. This aircraft my husband and I are flying now is 65 knots coming <laughs> over the runway. So you have a lot, I mean, it's still dangerous. It's a different, you know, it's, it's still a dangerous phase of flight, mm-hmm. but things aren't coming at you quite so fast. And now that we're, he's 60 and I'm in my 50s, it's probably best. <laughs> Slow it down just a notch. <laughs> I don't know. I just saw Top Gun. Wasn't that oh my awesome? Gosh, that was amazing. And that man is 60 years old. He is, yeah. He is committed. I, I appreciate that about him very much. Yeah. He looks 40. He looks 40 years old. <laughs> well, he has, he has a lot of help. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Val Kilmer. Look this up. Yeah. He does have a lot of help. <laughs> when you inject, you know, money straight into Yeah. Liquid yeah. cash into it, your it veins. It keeps you young. He does look good. It's a cure for everything. And my husband is such a spoiler at a lot of those because he's like, oh, that's not tactically appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He actually was digging Maverick. So it's oh, good. good. It yeah. was a good one. It yeah. was and then good. he got the bonus kind of POW situation at the end, spoil alert. Yeah. yeah. If, if you haven't seen it, yeah. Yeah, we might have just Oops. ruined it for you. Yeah. Sorry. We'll edit that in post. Yeah. No, we won't. We won't. We won't. Spoilers are allowed. Uh, that, that, that is amazing. So, and your connection. So my connection is a family that's rich in service. So mm. my maternal grandfather served in the Air Force and then my paternal grandfather served in the Army. Mm-hmm. And then I have a brother who served in the Army. He was stationed at Fort Drum, not so much in the winter mm-hmm. for visits. Oh, man. Um, but I'm a like, brother yeah. who also served in the Marines. So both brothers have served, wow. both grandfathers and uh, niece uh, to several uncles who served as well. So mm. really just honored to have them in, as part of our family. And so that's the legacy that, I bring in perspective to us coexisting together for SA Veterans Day. So that's amazing. I mean, the military could not function without its family. Mm -hmm. Correct. Right. Absolutely. And having those strong individuals back home that make sure everything is going according to plan so that they could focus on the mission is so important. Yes. So, did you ever consider maybe joining the military yourself? I did not. It was too much of a party planner, event planner yeah. that I, you know, I'd rather throw the parties for our service members. So yeah. and, that is and the angle that the military I'm likes from. to take the party out of everything. So <laughs> I would not, it would not have worked out well for me then. So, <laughs> but I'm loving on everybody else um, with what I do. Except pilots, so. apparently. Yeah. yeah. Apparently they're, they get they're all the fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See the world, they said in the army. And I was like, uh, not the best places uh, that I've visited. But. You know, the Navy is the group that has the killer real estate. The, yeah. yeah you know, but they're stuck on a ship for a true long period of time with the same people. You know, that's my good. brother also mm-hmm. um, served in the Air Force and I was stationed in Texas at the time. So when they asked him, where would he like to be assigned? Mm. He said, the coasts or Texas? And they gave him off it in the middle of Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one. Yeah. Here you go. This one's close. 12 years down. Yeah. 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 Seven years, no trial. Seven years, no trial. Yeah. That's great. Well, I mean, you can't always get what you want, right? And and how many stories have we heard at this point where someone's like, yeah, I wanted to come in as a ranger and I was a mechanic six months later. You yeah. Know? It happens quite often. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. It needs the military. I That's suppose. right. But you sign your life away. You sign your yes, life you away. <laughs> parts, of it. Yeah. <laughs> parts of it. Well, I want to, uh, I want to roll back a little bit and uh, something you mentioned kind of, uh, I don't know, it prompted a thought for me. You mentioned uh, eminent domain coming into place during the 1968 festival. It was prior to the 68 mm-hmm. World's okay. Fair to make way for it. Okay, so the, the the city of San Antonio came in and they cleared out residents from their homes yes. to acquire the land yes. so they could stand up like a park for, for the Hemisphere event. Just the grounds for the World's Fair site. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm curious about that. How, 
because I know there's still residential areas within the park now. And I know a lot of those are historical homes at this point. A lot of those were built in what, the 1800s, 1900s? The late, the late 1800s. So I can tell you, we have 21 historic structures that were saved from the wrecking ball. Mm. And I'll use one family's experience, um, just, you know, give you a specific example of what happened. So there was a house built in the eight, I want to say 1891 by a man, uh, last name Longini. And then he sold his house to a family last name of Herman. And members of the Herman family were in that house until eminent domain. So, you know, decades. Yeah. And I met the grandson of the the Hermans Mm -hmm. and he's in his 80s now. And he remembered going to, you know, holiday celebrations at his grandparents' house and whatnot. And so um, it was sad for the family when they had to move out, but they were, you know, they took it in the chin and they realized it was the right thing to do for San Antonio. Mm. And the house was used as a Filipino restaurant during the fair for six months. And then after the fair was over, there was no plan. And so they sat, they sat on the sidelines watching this 3,900 square foot Victorian eclectic house fall into horrific disrepair. They just couldn't get it back. No. And because, yeah, because it belonged to the city at that point. And so um, when I came to the Hemisphere team in 2014, that house had squatters and feral cat colonies living in it. And that was it. Colonies. 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 Yes. That's an aggressive word. <laughs> yes, because, because colonies implies the fleas that came with it. So what we do is uh, we had some bond funding and we used bond funding to stabilize the exterior. So arrest the neglect, if you will. So mm-hmm. if there's a hole in the roof, you fix that, you know, sure. stabilize the exterior. And then one by one, we focus philanthropic efforts. That's my wheelhouse mm-hmm. on... Um, raising enough money to bring the interior up to code. And we call it white box, which is when, you know, electricity works, plumbing, et cetera, and uh, the walls are back in shape. And then we publish a request for interest. And we're looking for businesses that could serve park visitors to come operate out of these houses. It gives them a new lease on life, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so we have Doe uh, Pizzeria. We have the Paletaria. We're bringing in Kunzler Brew House. We have Commonwealth Coffee House and uh, another location of Bombay Bicycle Club. We're soon going to have a jerk shack and then something called, well, no, that one secret I can't tell. (laughs) Not yet. We almost (laughs) had it. She was on a roll. (laughs) No, we have have lots of good stuff coming. And as you can see, there's a bit of an international flair there as well. Yeah. And we charge our business tenants a uh, single digit uh, flat percentage of their gross monthly revenues as their lease payment. And then we reinvest that in the houses, in the programming just to make Hemisphere better. And what it does is it gives these small businesses, preferably minority, veteran, female owned, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to operate in primo real estate in a place that brings 650,000 plus people. And it really gives them a leg up and gives them a chance to succeed. And so we're really excited about this. Like I said, it's not historic preservation for the sake of, you know, preserving a house and mothballs, but letting that house live again and then serve these other purposes. And so we're really excited about that. We call it a virtuous cycle. Yes, I love that. Well, I remember when we we toured the the Hemisphere Park a, a few weeks ago, you, you mentioned that you brought that up, that you guys are completely repurposing these homes and not just getting rid of them. And that, I, I love that aspect that you're able to take that, those little bits of history where, you know, people were somewhat wronged or, you know, they were kicked out of their homes for the event and you were able to breathe a little bit of life back into those homes and make it a, po- a net positive for the city as well. Yes. And the what, what you mentioned about that too, the, you know, they, they understood that it was the right thing for San Antonio. I think people don't necessarily have that that mindset uh, too often anymore about what's right for the the rest of the community vice themselves. 
And that's why we love having people who are involved in philanthropy like yourselves on because you understand what's right for the community and the things that you need to put forth for the, you know, the rest of your, your neighbors to benefit from. So something other than Thank what's you. in it for me or not in my backyard. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And or, yeah, that's not my lane. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not my lane. <laughs> not my circus, not my monkey. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you drive a, you drive a great point is, you know, we got to be concerned about the cities we live in. Mm-hmm. And these kind of efforts showcase this to that community. And but you all get this. You served. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like to have a mission that's much larger than you. Yep. And it yep. gives you purpose. Exactly. When I left the military, it was important to me to continue serving mm-hmm. just in a different capacity. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what else would you do? <laughs> I don't know. I remember <laughs> years of your life serving. And that's ingrained in you, mm. you know, uh, it uh, is 24 hours. It is definitely part of who you are, very much so, in so many yeah. different Well, ways. you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're involved in this too, Tracy. I am. <laughs> that, so, so what are, I'm, I'm just curious, some of the major red tape issues you find working with a city and planning an event with an actual city? Well, is it like Parks and Rec? <laughs> yeah, we use those memes quite a bit in text exchanges. In your, in your um, just to, you keep it light and airy. Yeah, you know? Ron Swanson. <laughs> we're going to bring him here on the next podcast. <laughs> you know, coming from a large organization and having not worked at a nonprofit or for the city before, I came to Hemisphere. It was vastly different. So yeah. those first couple of years. Honestly, my first thought was, what the heck did I get myself into? Yeah, what sure. did I say yes to? Just red tape and bureaucracy. <laughs> it's different, it's different street be. closures, who it impacts, mm. your neighbors, versus if you have a facility where it's just anything that happens within your gates is a go, as long yeah. as you say that it is. So taking all of that into consideration, it's really being neighborly. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so it's the communication that is so key. So whether it's with downtown city operations, our tenants who function within Hemisphere in these historic homes, but... Mm letting them know that 125,000 people are going to descend in or around their business within two days. Like, do you have enough tomatoes to last because you're not going to get a delivery truck in? So just thinking beyond the scope of the park visitor and everybody Mm -hmm. that it might impact. So traffic patterns and working with SAPD and traffic control and our emergency responders and making sure that they have access. And And their proper security at the event. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother spectrum that most people don't realize that goes into the events. And it's like not the just picking of, the food and beverage operators. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's bigger than that. And, yes. the, and yeah, and, and that's another point. Is you have to have all these permits that allow you to do, you know, liquor mm-hmm. permits, you know, beer and wine, you know, all this stuff that you're thinking about. Yes. And they're managing a lot of relationships too. You know, these partners all need a certain level of care and feeding. Mm-hmm. And Tracy is juggling all that or spinning the plates, if you will, and just praying that one of them doesn't drop. And then every once in a while, you get a little curveball like, hey, this person wants, you know, such and such. And it's like, does that fit within the overall footprint of the event? How does that impact other people? And so she's masterful at uh, managing the relationships to make sure that the people who are, you know, spending money to be there, not not participants so much, but like, you know, vendors who are who are coming, they're being treated with respect. And um it's, it's hard. There are, you have a lot of stakeholders for every we single do. event we do. We do have a lot. And it's really important as a stakeholder in the community that we love on these food and beverage operators who are up and coming mm-hmm. because they could very well be the next tenant of Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So this is our first interaction with them and first relationship building. It's also relationship building for our sponsors. So and has cultivated relationships with so many organizations across the landscape of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And then when they're brought into the event landscape, it's really my job to 
showcase what we can do really well and to make sure that we leverage that for years to come. So she is planting the seeds and doing the years (laughs) of toiling. (laughs) And I have to be very diligent to make sure that I water those. Um, And, but it is, it is all relationship building and us, exactly. Looking out for each other. And, and as you said earlier, the bigger picture, yeah. This is our park collectively yeah. as a city and we are the stewards of that. And so we're yeah. doing the very best that we can on the daily basis. I, I always find that the the big picture is hard to execute, you know, for the most part. So you have the strategy, the vision, the direction. This is what we want. Make it happen, right? Yeah. And that's <laughs> got to be like, well... <laughs> as long as you don't want daytime fireworks or unicorns, I'm yeah. good. Those other two uh, things are a little more difficult okay. to make happen. But for the most part... Daytime fireworks. Great- <laughs> Daytime fireworks. It's underwhelming at, yeah. at best. <laughs> Under <I see> it. <laughs> yeah. So I could I could imagine some of the logistic logistical issues that you guys face too. And at with that amount of people that you have, not everyone is going to be happy. You know how many how many people are but just going to? I know. But we like, do really well on the happy scale, but. Yeah. The but there's always going to be like that person driving through the city that's yeah. just like, there's dang parade, right. you know? <laughs> well, I think we just are always remind, you know, large population that comes. We talk a lot about the programming and events that happen. And mm-hmm. 97% of the events that happen at Hemisphere are free and open to the public. Mm-hmm. And wow. so the idea that we are giving this to you and it is being yeah. funded by mm-hmm. generous donations throughout the community, I think just sheds a different light on mm-hmm. maybe people's Umps or complaints yeah. about what they might encounter, but of course, sure. there's always there's, there's always, always one humbug, person, you know? right? There's the bandana is not the right color, or you know, maybe we should have had a different color of balloon. People but we do, do our very absolute best. People do and get we're fixated on some of the <laughs> smallest things, like bandana colors. Like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> balloon colors, yeah, balloon colors, yeah. yeah. Daytime fireworks. That's a good one. Though. Well, I'll share with you. Uh, Tracy worked with our director of operations in a previous career. They were both at SeaWorld, and so our director of park operations is really savvy as to the bits and pieces that make for a really nice experience, but things that you're not really paying attention to unless they're wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. The trash needs to be picked up every so often. So when you go up to a receptacle, it's not overflowing. The bathrooms have to be clean, you know, just those things. And if you get it right, Mm -hmm. people will walk away having had a really great experience. They can't put their finger on why, Mm -hmm. but if any of those small things is off, they didn't have a good experience and they may not come back. And so we want people to have, like you went to Disney, you know, Disney is really big on that. They mm-hmm. they want to um, master all of those pieces of your experience so yeah. that you're wowed and want to come back again and again. We want to do that at Hemisphere. Totally we think once you come once, mm-hmm. you're going to come back because it's awesome. Yeah. Have you guys seen Woodstock 99? <laughs> no. <laughs> should we? You should watch it right before the event. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe right after the okay. <laughs> maybe right after the event. It's 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 pretty horrendous. Will it make us feel really organized? It will. Yes. That's why I I've want you to do it. I've heard that from several friends. That I, it's, I want you, know. you to watch it because you're going to be like, we got this. Yeah. We're fine. <laughs> we got this. We're fine. We can't do worse than this. Okay. Yeah. If at any point. A low find, bar. Yeah. If at any point you find yourself stressing, just remind yourself of that and you'll be right this as This has potential to be some social media spoofs as far as posting. Like, yeah. Were you here? I, I, this will not be this. Yeah. <laughs> I bring it up because they had a trash issue there. No one, yeah. Yeah. No one picked it up. And that was the biggest complaint. And that will 
hold on to the rest of the that event's life. You know, people are like, I don't want to go. There's yeah. trash everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that was, so if you haven't seen it, it devolves into total Lord of the Flies situation. Oh but the, the stemming point was because of the trash. People were throwing their trash everywhere and the garbage men who were supposed to come on site multiple times a day started refusing to pick it up. And that was like the linchpin that cr- you know created the, the the rest of the de-evolution from there, and it turned into Trash riots. And I mean, Trash but they were like they like romping around, <laughs> romping around in the sewage water. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, okay. wow! Oh, it. Yeah. So we're not going to get that bad. Yeah, no, no. You know, we don't need to get into the details. We're having this air all conditioned porta potties, <laughs> yes. so that will not be happening. Oh, so. that's classy. It is classy. That is nice. Mm-hmm. South world class park. Yeah, oh, yeah. Should expect and we, no less. And we walk through it, and it is beautiful. You guys have done such a phenomenal job getting this refurbished and ready. Um, and it's it's such a beautiful area. Comparatively, you know, I've been in San, San Antonio since 2010. So uh, just just that small amount of time, you see the growth comparatively. It's new been- life for new generations. Mm. So many of us who have been born and raised here, here for at least a long period of time yeah. have, you know, memories of old. And now as I bring my great aunt, who's 96, she was at the World's Fair and is just amazed at how different it looks, but it's wow. vibrant and new memories with my kiddos. So it is, it's new life being infused. And and you get to bring in, you know, tourists to San Antonio. You got to, you know, bring, put a little bit of heart into it and, and making it an attraction, boost the economy, boost the businesses, support those organizations around you and do good while you're doing it. Yes. When I travel, I like, sorry, oh, go ahead. when I travel, I like to go where the locals are. I yeah. don't want to eat. I mean, it's every time. Same here. Yep. <laughs> every time we've had a driver on vacation, it's like, where do you go when you go out to eat? If you're going out to eat tonight. And mm-hmm. so having those locals operate within Hemisphere gives visitors to San Antonio a taste of who we are culturally mm-hmm. as yeah, a city. And so. you you incorporate the culture within a veteran-focused mission, which yes. I think is really cool. So you get that local piece. You'll have the food. You know, you'll have the, the festivities that... Mm-hmm is what San Antonio is known for. And I think that's, that's amazing. You know, the, the Chicago area and Millennium Park has done tremendous things for Chicago. Now when people go to the city, Millennium Park is on the list of things to do. Who hasn't had their picture taken by the bean at least once? And so I think that's exactly what we're doing is eventually, yes, people come to the Alamo, but a block and a half south of there, they're also going to come hang out at Hemisphere. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And my husband suggested we raise money to have a refried bean. Oh, Oh, or just a pinto bean. Just a pinto bean. A refried bean. refried bean. One of the two. (laughs) Well, and we live in a world of foodies. That is such a thing. And the theme for the World's Fair of 1968 was the confluence of civilizations. Mm. And I feel in a small way, we are doing that with our food and beverage operators. So it is really a tour around the world of so many different flavors. And so you get to experience that, the new generation of, Booties coming through. I can't wait for this event now. I'm going to be so fat. <laughs> I'm going to be. So I don't fat. think that's likely, but have fun trying. I'll, I'll, I'll certainly try. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, he's fat. <laughs> We're all fat at heart. Fat kids yeah. at heart. Baked goods and pastries. Are they going to be there? Always. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Love the baked treats. Coffee and baked goods. Always oh, go well that's together. that's always a win. That's always a win. So, can you walk us through like the day up? Like, what what are people going to expect when they drive into San Antonio? And here's the event. You are going to start off by racing first thing. Are either one of you runners? I used to be. 
back in the day. Okay. But, uh, okay. If I'm running from something. <laughs> to the food? Yeah. If, I'm okay. the food. if, if I see a pastry, yeah. pastry or to dangle cart. that in front of you yeah. in order to do A bakery, I'm sprinting right yeah, toward Danish and the stick. You exactly. Know? Well, <laughs> our presenting sponsor is Endeavors. And so they are kicking off the morning with a 10K, 5K, 2K. Mm, okay. And so that, if you are at Hemisphere at 8.30 in the morning, that means you're running. So have your running shoes on. Perfect. And so mm. that'll kick off the day. As that ends, then we'll segue into the Festival Footprint, which is noon to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. So big stage with live music all day long programmed on the main stage. Mm-hmm. And our headliner is Cafe Anderson. I don't know if either of you are fans. Can but you sing us is. a tune real quick? Oh, <laughs> no, your Magnus new boyfriend Palmer. is ugly. I can sing that. I don't know that Cafe would be thrilled with me singing his song off pitch. <laughs> might but... run into some copyright issues. I don't know. <laughs> I know maybe. Let's not do that. Um, but he is well loved um, in the military community and, mm-hmm. and performed at each of the Fallen 13's funerals. Um, and oh, so wow. he has given so much of his time and energy. So we're excited to have him headline. And so he'll hit the stage at eight o'clock. Perfect. So we have a full day with food and beverage vendors, which mm-hmm. is what uh, Christian is going to be, you know, headed for. All, all the eats, yes. We have Long Tab Brewing Company, which is veteran owned and operated, which is a highlight of this festival. So to really shift the focus on who are the veterans in our community that own a business mm-hmm. and also organizations that mm-hmm. serve veterans. So we have rerouted wine at Hemisphere and that's on property and Jennifer is the owner and she is a veteran. And so her wine is going to be showcased at our beverage bars. And so we're excited about that. Highlight one of our tenants, our very own. And then Live to Give Water. So founded by a former Green Beret member and 50% of the proceeds go back to helping veterans and their families. So all of our beverages at our beverage bar are also going to have a veteran highlight to them, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then a ton of family-friendly activities. So Legoland Discovery Center is coming in. Nice. You can build the American flag with some Lego pieces. A big one, right? A big one. That's a big pretty one. cool. Oh, it's like a, it's like the community build. Yeah. So everybody gets yep. to like just put don't, a piece up. Be careful where you're stepping. Keep your shoes on. Oh, yeah. Because nobody likes to step on a Lego. Just <laughs> mom advice there. True. Yeah. And then we're going to have a rock wall. So No Limits is coming in. All abilities. So that is going to be there from 12 noon to 8 p.m. So just a ton of family-friendly activities that you can do throughout the day. Um, and some military vehicles on display as well and some storyboards from different collectors that we've partnered with. So we're really excited to have Fort Sam Houston helping us and Military Affairs Office of City of San Antonio. They've been such a huge support to make sure that we love on our veterans during the celebration. So, and last but not least, we have a laser light show. So we thought, how can we change this up? So we have fireworks that usually end every big festival at Hemisphere. And so we wanted to to change that up and give something a little yeah. different to our audience. And so Laser Spectacles is coming in with a 20-minute patriotic show. So the wow. lasers are going to be out over the guest attendees. And then we thought, well, what if you're at UTSA's uh, football game over at the Alamo Dome mm-hmm. and you're in the downtown quarter? We want everyone to see it. So we partnered with Hilton Palacio del Rio and we are going to have the laser light show broadcast on the facade of the hotel that evening as well. So oh, cool. wherever you're at, you will be celebrating with us. It's going to be an all-veteran group uh, parachute demonstration. Yes. And if if uh, SAF PA uh, agrees, we are going to get a fly, uh, hopefully a four-ship of aircraft to fly over during our civil ceremony. Really excited. Fingers crossed on that. That would be really cool. That would be too. cool. Yeah. It's what, a full day. What kind of aircraft are you looking at for that? What do you think I requested? Oh, F-16s? Uh, T-38s. Oh, T-38s. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Sure yeah. F-16s. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. It's, the F-16s in the local area are with the guard unit, mm-hmm. and that's not a drill weekend for them. Sure. Yeah. T-38s are sweet. Oh, yeah. But you tried. 
We did. Yeah. <laughs> always, you always try. Yeah. Always try. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just in case. Um, and then we, you know what? Talking about yeah. food too. Gary Sinise Foundation stepped up. I don't want to forget. Yeah. yeah. Huge, huge step up. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be providing uh, meals to the first thousand veterans at the festival site. And so that'll give them the ability to choose from any of the food vendors on site. So phenomenal. Yeah. That's check great. in at the information booth with your ID and we'll get you all hooked up for a hot meal. And the grant from the Gary Sinise Foundation also enables us to have a transportation plan for veterans with mobility issues so we can get them to and from the event. That's great. Fantastic. It's, it's one thing that, that events always need to make sure they keep that on the top of their mind. Yep. Is how, how terrible would that be to have a veteran event? And I've seen it done, you know, veteran events, and they don't even have like a ramp to the stage or yes. something like that. So that's very important. It is top of mind personally for me, my youngest kiddo is in a wheelchair. And so okay. making sure that in- inclusion is not just diversity. It's mm-hmm. about- It's not a box we check. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So it's- it is alive and well in my head um, with coming at it from that angle and that perspective. So okay. yeah. this sounds phenomenal. We're super excited for this event. And I'm personally very excited for uh, everything that's going to be going on with it. Uh, Tara Arma will obviously uh, be there as well. We're yes, going to be supporting you guys, you guys in thank you. any way that we can. So looking. Well, I want to thank you and Tara Arma for your willingness to support us. This is the second annual SA Veterans Day at Hemisphere. And if people don't know about it, yeah. what good are we? And so your partnership is making sure that more people who would enjoy it know about it so they'll come and then they'll come again next year and tell their friends, et cetera. So thank you. Of course. Yeah. yeah. We love exactly what you guys are doing. So any way that we can support you from now until uh, until the future. I don't think we'll ever say no to supporting the military veterans or first responder community. It's just... Obviously. The fit is there. Mm-hmm. It's near and dear to our heart. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, him on the rescue side, me being injured as well. You know, so we have just this overarching 360 view of what's needed. And this is exactly what's needed. These kind of events bring people together. Mm-hmm. And what better way to bring people together than good food, you know, good fun, good music. That's phenomenal. And we are Military City USA. We should be leading the charge. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, both of you guys, I want to hear, what was your top thing to set up for the event and what was your least favorite thing to set up for the event? Or the hardest. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, like whatever it may, like, may, hmm. may be more challenging on this side. But like, but like uh, you know, hey, we're doing the laser light show. That was like probably fun to set up. It was fun. I will say that I love music. So mm. getting our headliner to commit, and this was a conversation that happened a year ago mm-hmm. uh, for the very first one. And Cafe sent me a video just in his commitment. He said, I will be there. I will make it happen no matter what yes. it takes. Um, and so that was really exciting, especially for all of the work that we've put in. Mm-hmm. We are slowly in the event world climbing higher and higher. And sometimes that is showcased by the talent that you can have on your stage. And so we're really excited about Coffee's partnership. And so that specifically for me was a feather in my event cap. Dang, that's a fun one. Well, I'd have to, I'd have to give you my answer by kind of telling you how we came about doing this, the inaugural event last year. Mm. So about... I think it was seven weeks before the city's Veteran Day Parade. They canceled it. Um, It was it was a weird it was a weird year, Mm -hmm. and we kind of Tracy and I looked at each other like, uh, "What are we doing for Veterans Day in San Antonio?" And yeah, there were a lot of crickets, and so we decided to swing for the fence. And so in about six weeks' time, we raised fifty thousand dollars, and she put on a great inaugural SA Veterans Day at Hemisphere. 
But we knew that if we had more runway, Mm -hmm. uh, we could do something a lot better. So the heavy, so that, you know, that just in comparison, the budget for this year's event is about quintuple for last year and and quintupling a project or yeah, program budget in one year's time is a heavy lift, but I'm really proud of my team, my fellow fundraisers. They had a, a wonderful run of show that Tracy had developed and we got in touch with our funders and they believed in us and we were going to be able to deliver. Love that. That's amazing. I can't believe you guys were able to pull that off in six weeks. It was crazy. Yeah. How, how big was the team when back? It's still the, the same size. Yeah. Oh, was it's the it? Same size. Tiny. Yeah. <laughs> we're tiny. Hey, you know, small but mighty. I'm small all about small but mighty. And you have too many people running around, then you have mm-hmm. 17 people to go through approval processes before you get anything True. done. You that know? is the positive outlook on I was on at my that. cousin's wedding in Nashville and I was working the whole time because I had all these asks out and, you know, get I'd get a yes. Like I, I know HEB really stepped up last they year. They did. And mm. they were our presenting sponsor with very They're little about time. Yeah. Really, yeah, really little time to plan. And I remember me sitting in the church at my cousin's wedding, HB's in, you know, yeah. just texting all my friends back at home because we were just so excited. Um, and of course, they and many others are sponsoring again this year. Everyone who sponsored last year certainly wanted to be part of this year's event oh, as yeah. well. And, and that feels really good. Yeah, that means you're doing it right. Last year, the common response was, is this 2022? No, this is this year, as in four <laughs> yeah. weeks from now, now at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're really excited that everybody, I think, it was just so befitting to be in the city that we're in mm. to have something like this. We do it for so many other it cultural just makes a lot things. Of sense to do it and in hemisphere. So yeah. I'm glad we had the opportunity last year to step up. And mm. um, when Mayor Nuremberg came mm-hmm. to the event, he was on the podium and he says, "We should make this the the biggest Veterans Day event no in pressure. the state of Texas next year." And we're like. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. get right on that. You got it. <laughs> but, and, and then here I, you are. But I here saw, we are. No, this is great. I saw him a couple weeks ago. I said, do you remember when you told us? To, I'm like, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge accepted. A year Challenge runway accepted. is yeah. much better than seven weeks. So. Yeah, for but sure. I think it's important to just kind of recap too, like the overall mission of this fair is not only just support the veterans, but what what's your goal in, in a consolidated Well, to raise awareness about the veteran community that we have Mm -hmm. and where they are in existence after their years of service. So after you've served, what what lane are you in? Are you in the food and Mm -hmm. beverage industry? Are you in real estate? How can we continue to support you Mm -hmm. as Military USA? And so that is being done by how we're highlighting our vendors and how they're set up, but also for our community to love on individuals who Mm -hmm. are still serving and or receiving health and medical services because we're partner, partnering with Fisher House and providing transportation to those veterans coming in. Mm, so phenomenal. That and also relationship building. Yeah. We said yeah, from course. the very get go, we're in the business of building relationships. And so that's planting a seed for maybe someone else's future endeavors at Hemisphere mm-hmm. um, in relationship with us. So, specifically from the event making side, that's my yeah. goal is to continue to bring people into the fold and to raise awareness about the mission of Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. Not everyone knows that we're there sometimes. And so this is a great way to bring people down into the landscape of what Hemisphere is. I love honoring people who answered the call to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been very fortunate. I, I served nine years and I had a wonderful career not everyone had my experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I know some Vietnam veterans who never felt thanked. Um, they didn't feel welcome. They still don't feel comfortable talking about it outside certain very cl- close circles. And kind of breaking down some of those barriers, I think by really celebrating 
their decision to um, serve our country. I think it's a really big deal. And for those who've had some difficulties on the backside, I think being able to connect them with organizations that are serving Mm -hmm. that population and being able to have like a row of veteran serving organizations that they may not know of, this is an opportunity to connect and support. Yeah. And and that's... That is just providing resources, you know, just just the ability to come together and say, hey, this is an organization that I'm going to put in front of you and this could help you out drastically. Yes. So what what are some like those veterans who are engaging with y'all and your team, what are some of the common challenges you're seeing within their lives? Like what is the big, you know, major problem these guys are working through and you guys are helping? So one of the things that we've heard repeatedly over and over again is home buying, purchasing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, through years of service, you may be renting or base housing. And so maybe this is a new endeavor, the first time home purchase. And so one of our vendors specifically, her name is Veronica Bradley, Homestead Real Estate and Properties. Her husband is a veteran. And Mm -hmm. so both he and his wife are realtors and they're going to have a whole booth set up. They've written a book on how to navigate the home buying process as a veteran. Mm -hmm. So commonly asked questions that affect you directly. So they will be there to answer those questions, have the book available. And so we're really excited. So really digging in deep to people who have had experience and been through it Mm -hmm. and can speak to it and not just what you should do, but this is what has worked for us and this is how we can help you navigate the process. So that's a good example of of what we're doing specifically from homes and living situations for veterans. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be there at the event? They are, yeah, all day long. I love that. You guys took serious issues people are dealing with and provided a resource at the event. Usually, you know, Veterans Day events or, or these, these fairs, they typically are just for entertainment purposes, right? It's food, entertainment, and then you go away for the day. Mm-hmm. But bringing uh, organizations like this in that actually benefit the individual with specific problems that you're highlighting and addressing, I mean, that, that's a big deal, offering resources and really taking into account, you know, what people are trying to deal with and the issues they're trying to navigate being you know, that beacon of light and being able to provide those resources showcases that you're you're actually listening to the issues that are being brought up and presented. That's something Hemisphere does really well mm. is providing layers because some people just are coming for the entertainment. Sure. Great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if they want something deeper, that's, a, that's available to them also without any shame. Yeah. You know, it's like, come as you are, engage as you see fit. And that's the beauty of Hemisphere is just, you know, everyone from different walks of life coming together and uh, they can have a different experience, but it can be awesome to that to that person. Mm-hmm. And when these are big enough like this, we are able to deliver more. Yes. And so that's why we're really excited about the growth that we've been able to experience between last year and this year and going forward. Yeah, I, I think it's it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal concept and layers is such a good way of putting it. Um, I always like to see events that are programmatic driven as opposed to just focus solely on fundraising and like making the sponsors happy. Mm-hmm. But the core mission is to take care of our heroes at the end of the day. And you're doing that and you're showcasing that. And that's, that's pretty incredible. I mean, it's got to be fun. And, and especially, I think nowadays, this is the perfect time for this kind of event, mm-hmm. right? We just, you know, exited the war. Things are starting to wind down. It's, it's a point where people are starting to forget what our veterans have done. And those veterans are feeling, what was it worth it? You know, mm. and was my sacrifice worth it? Mm. And that's a tough one. So these events that bring in this just spectrum of people from all over, puts, educates the public a little bit, right? Mm. It does. 
It does, and it also can incite excitement for maybe the next generation. So the recruiters will be there because maybe <laughs> maybe yeah. somebody is trying to decide what it is they should do. Yeah. And this will in, ignite a passion uh, for something that maybe they had not yet thought of. So yeah. this is another angle as well to... Exposure is key. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Thunderbirds, their mission is to sell air, pa- air power to taxpayers, right? <laughs> At the same time, it's a huge recruiting and retention tool. Absolutely. If you're not exposed to a static display of a tank or you see a parachute jump team or you see some aircraft fly over. If you're not exposed to that, you never even contemplate, oh, that could be for me. Mm-hmm. And I just love knowing that there are going to be kids coming. Uh, you know, I don't remember what the percentage is. I think it's very low. Is, is it 1% of, uh, how, there are not that many families anymore that have a member of the military in them, but they yeah. tend to have the multiple generations of military yeah. service members. Do you know that number? I, so, it's uh, tiny, right? Roughly, roughly two, one to 2% okay. have served yep. in, in a capacity for the armed forces. Right. Um, the, the number, I can't remember it. I had that discussion the other day about um, those who were connected to the, to the military in general, but there there is a, it's a staggering number of those that have no affiliation. Right. So mm-hmm. the four of us are in that tiny minority, right? Yeah. So we're going to have all these other people coming that aren't part of that one to 2%. And maybe there's a kid that because it was, they were not exposed to it mm-hmm. through family service, that might pique their interest. I yeah. mean, you're pl- we're planting seeds. We are. And learning is a huge component and pillar of what we do at Hemisphere. And so it's mm-hmm. woven into this festival. So it's a good time, but there's education and there's learning. Education. Inspiration. And, yeah. But it's education in a fun way, which it I is. like, especially for the kids who have a terrible attention span. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make it fun, you know? Let's go to Hemisphere and have education today, like big thumbs down at home, yeah. but let's yeah. go play. Yeah, yeah. let's go see some tanks. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's go yeah. see what these guys do. How do the tanks work? You know, like, let's mm-hmm. go touch it. Let's go feel it. And that, that, that ingrains itself yeah. into people's memories. I mean... I, somewhere along the way, I watched a movie when I was a kid and I decided <laughs> I wanted to be a ranger, you know? So I don't know which movie it was, but... Yeah, my uh, so the unit that I ended up in, uh, the guard unit that I transitioned into, um, they landed, so we used to do a counter-drug program in California, which we would uh, fly around with the, the FBI or uh, DEA, and we would recover um, uh, marijuana grow fields, like illegal grow fields of marijuana. But part of that mission was also... Uh, speaking to elementary school students. Mm-hmm. So we would land the helicopter at these elementary schools and we'd talk to kids about staying off drugs because you can't, you know, further your life if you're on drugs, you know, the, you know the, the spiel. Anyways, they landed at my school when I was in elementary school. Two people that I ended up flying with, one ended up being my wing commander eventually and one was like a very senior instructor to me. But they landed at my school when I was in elementary school and oh, man. must have been fourth or fifth grade. That's cool. And then, wow. you know, 15 years later, I ended up, ended up flying with two of them on the same aircraft. So it, it does have a, a huge impact on your life. That's not what set me down that path. It's just, you know, they happened to cross over together. Um but it does, you're exactly right. It has such a huge impact, especially if it's visceral like that. Mm-hmm. You can climb on board that tank or that helicopter and get to touch and feel things and experience it for yourself a little bit, especially as a little kid. I mean, that'll really inspire them or, you know, maybe kick off. Jet noise does it for me. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Let's put it in perspective a little bit. If your grandfather mm-hmm. or in your background of your family mm-hmm. hadn't served, do you think you'd be sitting at this table here today? Probably not. Hmm. It's that huge impression. Yeah. We lived it, heard the stories. 
hear, you know, heard my brother share what his life was like, mm-hmm. what it was like seeing him graduate from basic and all, yeah. <laughs> all of the things. So I maybe, and also if I didn't live in Military City USA. So it is definitely woven into a lot of what we do here within the city. So had I lived somewhere else and my family didn't have such a huge impact in service, I don't know. Yeah. I would say probably I mean, we not. can't know. No, no, for sure. For sure. But it would be, I would have less of a passion for it just because yeah. it wouldn't be near and dear to my heart Yeah, um, in such a way. That makes sense. And yeah, I'm sure you feel the same. I do. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there trying to picture my life a different way and I, yeah. I'm unable to do that. Yeah. And so that, that's just a great point too, is that you could learn service. Mm-hmm. You could learn how to serve others. And you learn that in the military. At least a lot of people... Uh, Everyone that we have on this show still continues to serve in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And they all comes from the fundamentals of what they learned in the military. And it's that adversity, those obstacles as you face, those challenges that make things easier so that you could give more. Mm-hmm. I like the team concept that was always driven into me when I was serving. Um, I've been in corporate America before too, and I saw a lot less... They, they called it a team, but everyone was vying, you know, jockeying for position, if oh, you will. Yes. And um, about that I know that's a, that's an over generality, but you understand what I'm talking about. That so I, I lead my team all the time. And when people do something that's individually terrific, I, of course, like to compliment them. But when we're promoting it to the outside, it's we. Because yeah. yep. I'm going to give you an example. So we, we would have a big funder come and, you know, wanting to be making a large gift, but they want a site visit. They want to walk through the space and, you know, where would my money be going? Well, you know what? The first person they might've talked to on the phone was the person I work with that doesn't fundraise, but she represents our organization when she gets the call. And then the director of park operations is out there. He's making sure the place looks beautiful so that when they come, they have a great experience. Maybe Tracy's running a story time program that this funder happens to see and, oh, look at all the kids being engaged. So the bottom line is, yeah, maybe I did the ask. Maybe I had the strategy behind that. But at the end of the day, there were probably like six or seven of us who were involved in some way. And it is team. And I get that from the military. And that is a great point. And I think it is individualistic a little bit more in the civilian sector. I see that. It, 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 is, it is I, and this is what I'm doing because you're concerned about your position there. Mm-hmm. In the military, it doesn't work like that. When you have a secure position, they're not kicking you out unless you do <laughs> you know, mess up pretty drastically. Uh, but for the most part, everybody has hands on it. And we do the same thing at Terra Arma, you know? I'll, I'll meet someone else, pass it off to Christian. He designs everything for him. And, and we have a team that does social media and stuff like that. So there is no place for I mm-hmm. in, in any capacity. I think I is boring. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah, it is. Better it's, story to be told. The we. Much mm-hmm. better yes. story. The, yeah. It's richer. So credit is a big thing that I find in the corporate world. It mm-hmm. makes me squeamish. Yeah. I really... Um, <laughs> but I did that. Yeah. No, it's funny because I've been interviewed for quite a few articles recently. And often, you know, they like to talk about me because I have a colorful background. It's a little different. And I'm grateful that there's interest in that. But I really want to leverage it to explain a much bigger picture. Yeah. Um, I am uncomfortable with all of that attention on me. Mm-hmm. I am much more comfortable. If you give me a microphone, ask me to talk about hemisphere, you, you saw me, my face lights up. I'm really into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about the mission. Yeah. So humility, another thing that you take away from the military, right? Humility. That's a perfect example of being humble, having humility, not wanting to discuss 
what you're doing. What you still want to be excellent. So that's where yeah. sometimes people might understand I'm driven by excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not for personal attention. It's like, I, it's just on the inside. Yeah. And that that's what's really important uh, too, is that you represent something that is outside of your resume. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you need to showcase who you are mm-hmm. to give yourself, to give others the ability to give that credit to you so that you can make a larger impact. Mm-hmm. That's so all I want. That's all I want. Yes, walk, but it's right? weird, right? Yeah. It, is. it is. We can't love ourselves too much. No, it's really... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's extra strange for, for women. Yeah. And yeah. care to dive in a little bit more into that? Or? <laughs> no, Peel back those gonna, layers. I think I might just leave that <laughs> I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> that's a mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for and, tuning in. And that, yeah, and yeah, that, okay. Oh, okay. Whole... I, know, I wasn't trying to give you a no comment, but you know, <laughs> you've been around people before where, you know, if men are assertive, mm-hmm. you know, that's great. Sometimes when women are assertive, that can transgress into being, oh, she's aggressive. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, am, I am confident. And I'm assertive, mm-hmm. but I'm also really nice just, and I'm non-aggressive, but it makes jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the exact term is, but it can be intimidating sometimes. And the thing is, I'm, like I said, I'm competent, competent, mm-hmm. uh, nice. <laughs> you know, I'm happy to work with you, this, that, and the other. But if you're, if you're, if you're not ready to receive that kind of input from a woman, not everyone is. Sure. Yeah. I can see how I can probably rub people the wrong way, even though my heart's in the right place. And I work on that because... I want to get along and I want to make things happen. And you do that with relationship building. And so, you know, it's just, it's something you always have to work on as your, it's not just your intention, it's how you're perceived. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that symbolism we're talking about, right? It's being that symbol. And, you know, we've all made mistakes, but the way we project ourselves has to represent the, the organization and the mission that we're driving. Yeah. Absolutely. And the values within, right? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Well. Can you remind us when the Essay Veterans Day event is? Saturday, November the 12th. Saturday, November 12th, starting at? 8.30 for the run. For the running run. Running shoes. Mm-hmm. And then Festival Footprint, noon. Any registration or the show up? Please for the come. For <laughs> the run, yes. Please register because we want to have your race bib. We okay. Make, we want to know what your time is. But mm-hmm. for the festival itself, starting at noon, just show up. Okay. Awesome. Where can you read more about this? www.hemisphere.org. And we have a landing page specifically for SA Veterans Day. And we'll make sure to add those links um, to the bottom of our channel. Yep. Yeah, they'll be uh, right beneath in the uh, comment section or the description section. If you guys have anything to finish with, what would you tell our audience? One last thing, a little bit of advice. Well, we'd love to see all of you at SA Veterans Day on November the 12th. And if we haven't met, please come up and say hello. We'd love to show you around the park yes. and hope that you'll spend the day with us. Fantastic. That's great. Well, ladies, thank you very much for your time. And Tracy, you guys were phenomenal guests and uh, we really appreciate you coming out today. And we appreciate everything that you're doing for San Antonio and the veteran community and uh, the local community overall. It's a privilege to serve and we're very grateful for your and Terra Armors partnership. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for your continued service. And we look forward to seeing you at the event. Yay. Yay. (laughs) See you then. All righty. Well, this has been the Medevac Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And we better see you there at the SA Veterans Day event. Bye. See ya.